Hello and welcome to the Weekend Spread presented by TPPN and the Schooner Pod. You're listening to the Schooner Pod's weekly college football pick show. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee, and the captain himself, Boaton Blake, repping the shield. I'm sure he's pretty pumped about what's going on right now, but I digress. Uh, this week... This past week of college football was madness. It was a uh, rough week for me, a uh, rough week for a lot of teams. If you're in the top 25, a great week for Jameson. And uh, if you're a fan of the Big 12 and Schadenfreude, like Blake, I'm, I'm sure is um, a great week for y'all as well. So the records that they stand, Jameson's up 30 to 24. And then me, Blake, and Ty are all tied at 28 and 27. Uh, if, if the contest ended today, all three of us would be doing the 999 challenge. Oh, baby. Nine beers, nine innings. So the stakes have never been higher. But um, look, Jameson, while you did have the best week of us, I'm going to let Blake open up uh, for comments because his TCU Horn Frogs got the win over the Oklahoma Sooners first time since 2014. So, Blake, it's only fair to let you just take a couple cracks at us. Um, and let us have it. What did you think about it? You you got your monologue. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, so I did not expect what we saw on Saturday. I was definitely confident going into that game, if you listened to the preview last week, but a absolute butt-whooping of OU was not what I had in the cards that day, but my God, did it feel great. A few plays into the game, we get a fumble, score, and then the rest was history. We had the foot on the gas the entire time, and I have a message for all the OU fans out there, because during the offseason, I was told many and many of times by you on Twitter that everything's just fine, that Brent Venables is just, he's gonna be the same, if not an upgrade for OU this year. He's gonna make them more physical on defense, and I'm really sad about Dylan Gabriel. I wish he would have stayed in that game, but you know what? Your defense was still in that game, and we still whooped y'all. Brent Venables is going to be a good coach down the line, but you know what? He isn't this year, and just accept that you're probably going to be mediocre. And for all my TCU fans out there, I'm so excited. It's feeling like 2014. Bobby mentioned it. This feels like the year. Bobby can't handle it, but look, the Shield 3 Three games with ranked teams in it this week. OU Texas not being one of them. The Shield is in good hands. Thank you, Bobby. Oh my God. Oh, that was. Oh, he's on troll. mute. Absolute he's on mute. Troll. I had I had to pay my respect to feeding the ducks. I didn't want to accidentally breathe into the mic there. But yeah, okay. We were a little optimistic about Brent. We all we all said that on the uh, mainline schooner pod. It was disappointing. Well played to the frogs. I uh, just a. Uh, you know, eight years of catharsis, I'm sure, uh, had to have been great. We got the, we got the reverse uh, rush the field, F those kids pictures. It was awesome. So anyways, Jameson, let's kick it to you as the leader in the clubhouse by quite a bit. How are you feeling looking down on all this uh, potential uh, glitzy uh, gladiators down here? I would love to see all three do it all at the same time and me just enjoying it. But at the same time, I, I would feel bad. I'd, I kind of want to join in and just all four of us do it. Um, it just make me feel better. But uh, to be honest with you, I'm not happy with my performance. I feel like I could be doing a whole lot better. Um, the wild card situation, I pretty much guilted myself 
into not picking the Michigan game and, and Air Force is disappointed again. I think we can all come to an agreement that we need to just stay away from Air Force. Yeah, Air Force, they've been a little bit more volatile than I would like, but yeah, tricky, tricky. Ty, how are you feeling? You were at you were at the top at one point, down here with the scrubs, me and Blake. Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, so I will say I've had a, a different path than, than you and Blake to, I guess we're all 28 and 27 right now. Uh, I've yet to have a, a week that's under 500. So uh, unlike you guys, I haven't been sort of as cyclical, which I, I like, but I would like to be, you know, a little bit more comfortably up. But it's it's still anyone's game at this point, which is funny because it's it's we we almost couldn't script it better than than how tight we are because Jameson currently at 30 and 24 uh, is by no means running away with it. One week could change everything. You know, I'd say we're all three, I guess, technically at the bottom. Uh, I had a little bit better week than, than you two did, but yeah, it's, it, I'm excited to get into picking now because we're getting into, this is something that Blake has said is, is uh, deeper in the season where the lines start to really get refined. Uh, and that's because the bookmakers start to l- really learn these teams and know what to expect from them. Uh, I find comfort in that when I'm picking because I feel like, okay, now there shouldn't be a whole lot of, of surprises. And when I look at last week, at least on my slate, uh, I wasn't really surprised by, by anything. The only teams that ended up uh, sort of biting me was, uh, you know, OU, the, the had to go with OU, uh, Baylor, OSU, you know, we, we weren't learning that, or we were learning that Baylor team and, and now we've learned. And then I guess I was bamboozled by Florida state, but other than that, you know, things, things went as predicted for me, even though I was five and five. Yeah, fair enough. And you were the only one to get your wild card as well with Oregon minus 17 as well. So uh, really good performance from you. Honestly, it was a, a very solid five and five in a week where things were. Pretty it chaotic. was it was uh, it was pretty chaotic watching it go through because I am I'm definitely <laughs> afraid of our punishment. And uh, if you go look at the slate or if if any of you recall back, uh, I pretty much went 0 and four in the morning. And things were not looking good. And then I think after, was it 3.30? All the games after that, I went undefeated. So just terrible morning, uh, which, of course, with the OU game, like things couldn't get any worse. And then just really recovered uh, in the evening, at least. There was a moment where that afternoon slate was really, really shaping up for me. And it just kind of fell apart. Uh, I was saved by two Island boys in Kansas and Kentucky, two great basketball schools. So shout out to that. But um Anyways, could have been a lot worse if it weren't for the Island Boys. Could have been really bad for me if it weren't for my Island Boys. Would have been a one in, a, I, uh, I believe, a one in nine uh, week, which would have been catastrophic. But anyways, enough about the past. We move on to the future, and we start out with, um, well, okay. If we're speaking of the past, the only reason this game is interesting is because of what happened this summer. The Texas A&M Aggies traveled to Tuscaloosa to take on the Crimson Tide of Alabama. Tied, favored by 24. Honestly, this 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 game was on the slate like a couple weeks ago. Didn't want to get rid of it because we have kind of had to scrounge for picks. So we went with it. Uh tied favored, like like I said, favored by 24. All line sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, our uh benevolent, incredible sponsor. So um Jameson, as the leader in the clubhouse, you go first, and then by uh order of uh record from last week. It will be Ty, Blake, and then me. So, uh, Jameson, kick us off. Do you think Alabama can cover a 24-point spread against this Texas A&M team? 
Yes, they can. I feel like a lot of the time this season, whenever they've gotten up big, they have continued to score in the fourth quarters, which I think is a big thing in terms of picking Alabama in the future. Another thing with this, I see 24 points, and I see what they did to Arkansas without Bryce Young for a lot of that game. And Arkansas is a team that pretty much should have beaten A&M, um, controlling for a lot of that game in Jerry World. I, I just don't see how Alabama doesn't cover this. I understand people are worried about Bryce Young and if he's going to play or not with him having a mild AC sprain. It seems like Nick Saban's lingo in the press conference that he had, um, I believe it was today or yesterday, gives me a little bit of optimism that Bryce Young should be a go. But even if it is Jalen Milrow, I feel good about Alabama. Fair enough. Ty, who do you like? Yeah, I also like Alabama in this one. I think this one is very high. It has a ton of backdoor potential. Uh, but I think the the factors that Jamison listed, I concur with. But the factors that Jamison didn't list were A&M won this game last year. Bama has some some revenge motivation in there. And couple that with the, I don't want to use the word drama, but uh, drama between maybe, well, drama between the coaches, I guess, in the offseason, talking about how recruiting classes are are won or, or gained and, and the debates and the sort of heated uh, bad blood there that, that sort of started to form between uh, Nick Saban and uh, A&M's coach, who shall not be named. So I think Bama has a ton of, of a will and motivation to continue on the gas. Like Jameson mentioned, they're a team that we've been able to see four strong quarters from in a lot of their games. So I think Bama will stay on the gas, but I am kind of a little bit worried about an A&M sort of backdoor situation. I don't think this one will be close by any measure, but uh, 24 is it's pretty high when you're talking about two teams that have the firepower that both of these teams have, even with one really underperforming. I think there's a slight, not a rivalry, but there's, there's definitely a rivalry adjacent or proto rivalry, uh, uh, edge to this i think they definitely don't like each other i'd agree with that uh blake what do you think about this game yeah i think my pick is pretty boring as well i'm just gonna go with bama here a&m like the scary part about them for the rest of the year is that like i thought they could kind of rely on their defense to go their stereotypical eight and four once again like non-dynamic offense but this defense did not look good versus Mississippi State whatsoever, and also kind of Arkansas at times. Like, that really worries me, which Mississippi State, granted, has a good offense, like probably one of the better ones in the SEC, but I think Alabama can just do whatever they want to A&M. They can, I think, uh, Jalen Milrow, if they want to, if Bryce Young can't play, like, we saw what he did to Arkansas last week, like, doesn't even have to throw a pass and can still dominate this game. I just don't think A&M's defense gives them enough edge to keep them in this game, and then I don't really trust whichever quarterback they throw out there to try to backdoor cover it, just because I think Bama really wants to prove a point. I just, there's no point of getting cute here, so give me Bama. Yeah, it's it's Alabama at home, you know, with, I mean, the point to prove thing is completely true there's no way nick saban heard what jimbo said which essentially just calling calling nick saban a cheat uh, like a, a scumbag completely burning that bridge there's no way that nick saban does not try to absolutely demoralize this texas a&m team and it's a, it's an a&m team that does not have the offense to keep up with alabama even if you don't have that but i i just i think this one's going to get incredibly incredibly ugly 24 it's a breeze in my mind for Alabama here. Um, 
they they are rounding into shape as a very solid football team, uh, Bryce Young or not, which is insane to say. But you know, hey, it's Alabama. At what point do you, does the insane, does the impossible, uh, not become you know a a reality? So, anyways, tied by twenty four. It's a sweep. Moving on to a really weird game. It's uh, Notre Dame and BYU in Las Vegas. They're playing at the Big Roomba Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Fighting Irish favored by a cool tree fitty here. Um, This is tricky. And I feel like they know something. I feel like they know something by giving Notre Dame this uh, favor here. Because I like BYU more. I think they're a better team. I think Notre Dame has been a little bit fraudish this season. And... um, you know what? I, I think I'm going to go with BYU here. I, I think it's it's obviously it's uh, tricky with Notre Dame being a national brand. Obviously, BYU kind of is on a smaller scale, but this isn't about brands. I, I just I kind of feel BYU to get this win outright in in Allegiant. I I don't know. I'm feeling B, uh, BYU though. I think the Cougars get a win. Um, that hook too just kind of scares me. I think it's going to be a good game, but BYU is a better team. Like. Yeah, I don't trust BYU at all. I know you shouldn't trust Notre Dame, but I think Notre Dame is rounding into form. What I got from BYU versus Baylor I thought was really good, and then ever since then, they've been just absolute garbage, it seems like. They got blown out by Bo Nix in Oregon, and then played Wyoming kind like kind of close for Wyoming standards and then play Utah State at home and still kind of struggle against them and teams are just establishing the run on them that's all they're doing they're running it down their throat and I think Notre Dame has been really good at stopping the run this year or not stopping the run has been good at running the ball like that's what won them that UNC game they're not having to put the ball uh in Drew Pine's hands as much and I like the good thing to come out of that North Carolina game is that Notre Dame's defense was able to hold back one of the best quarterbacks, I think, in the nation, and uh, Drake May. And I, what I've seen for BYU, I don't think they're as electric as that UNC offense. So at a neutral site, I got to go with the Irish here. I think they're going to, I think the Irish are going to end up just fine this year. And we really haven't seen kind of their best form just yet. Fair enough. Ty, who do you got? Yeah, sort of the same analysis as Blake, but with a different conclusion. I think BYU and Notre Dame are both teams that obviously they have very different records and and a very different feel about them in in the national media and, and discussion right now. But they've both played in big games so far. You know, Notre Dame with with their uh, Ohio State and uh, BYU obviously with with their Big Twelve games or their conference games. <laughs> Uh, BYU, I think is, is sort of like Blake said, not necessarily amazing, amazing at, at running. I think they're, they're going to have to rely on passing and it does kind of worry me that Notre Dame, uh, won what was essentially a shootout, uh, with UNC. So I, I really don't know, but I feel like I like the Cougars in this one a little bit more just because I've seen a, a consistent performance from them although unimpressive, whereas Notre Dame, I understand early season and, and now rounding into form, but I don't know. And the Cougars, I think, are 4-1 and one against the spread, and Notre Dame, I think, is 1-something and something against the spread. So give me uh, BYU uh, in this one. Fair enough, fair enough. J- Jameson, who you got? Yeah, 
Yeah, um, I understand what you're saying, but I'm with Blake here on Notre Dame, and here's why. I understand there's a lot of people that are a little hesitant of Notre Dame. Um, now with Drew Pine and what we saw a couple weeks ago of trying to, him trying to get his stuff together, essentially what was said on the sidelines and in the, in the press box, uh, he looked like he had it versus um, North Carolina. And they set up with the bye week, and now they're coming into a, a big game um, in Las Vegas. And I think BYU players are going to be partying super hard the night before and might have a little bit of a hangover here. Um, <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Too much Notre spray. Dame. Um, Notre Dame, in ter- just in terms of skill, I like better. I like the running back room, especially, you know, change of pace, the RB2 of Chris Tyree. And then also I think Michael Mayer is one of my favorite tight ends um, in the in the country. That's obviously a really just lukewarm take, but I just really like the way he plays. So I'm going Notre Dame here. Yeah, well, Jameson getting into SEC form by using Notre Dame has more quality losses to justify <laughs> his his including take. Marshall. Uh, no, and I'll, I'll say this as well: people forget the Mormons founded Las Vegas, which is a really mm, kind of hilarious. I don't know if that's yeah. true. I watched I watched Casino yesterday, and I don't think <laughs> I think they were Italians actually. No, I mean <laughs> to be fair, they founded it when it wasn't like anything, when it was just like a bunch of sticks, but like. I don't know. They found what it. sticks are out there, Bobby? It's in the middle of the desert. Well, they got rid of the sticks now. They, you can bring <laughs> sticks from one location to They another. just go to the desert and they're like, look at this pile of sticks. We will create a sit upon these. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is the Mormons took the sticks and they built like a really kind of crappy Las Vegas. And then the mobsters came in and were like, nah, here we go. Tax write-offs or whatever. So anyways, let's move on to the next game. We got the Tennessee Volunteers heading to Baton Rouge and Tiger Stadium to face an LSU team that, even though starting with a really rough loss to Florida State, has found itself at 4-1. and one. Jameson, are you buying the Tigers' resurgence? See, you, you got to think about it. And this one probably gave me the most thought that I didn't think I'd have uh, because you know, LSU's at home. You see LSU at home, you're like, ooh, that's kind of scary. But let's not forget, they lost a big game at the Superdome. So I understand in Baton Rouge, it's a different story, but that that still tells me that they are still prone to lose in front of their fans. I like Tennessee's team a lot better here. Um, let's see if Tennessee can kind of, you know, get some of their roughed edges a little bit smoother and have a big win in Baton Rouge. Ty, what do you think? Yeah, this is disgusting. Get it away from me. Uh, I have to pick one, so I'm going with Tennessee. Like, so when I look at this like matchup situationally, you look at Tennessee. Tennessee comes off a bye week, big emotional win, but has a lot of prep versus this LSU team. And I've really liked what I've seen from Tennessee this year. Like, honestly, they deserve to cover probably against Florida. It's just Florida had some big cojones that game. It was just basically going <laughs> in for forward on fourth down, like every single play. Like, I I at least love Billy Napier for that to play for the cover because that's what that man was doing. But uh, like, their defense isn't really good, like, on Tennessee, but I don't think Jaden Daniels is that good. And so I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, this has to be a clear, even in Death Valley, you got to go Tennessee. But I look at this line, and I'm three points. Like, that's not that 
much. And I know like LSU is going to get the most benefit of the doubt when it comes to that home field advantage baked into the line, just because they do have one of the be- best atmospheres. But I think I just got to go with like w- the weirdness of this. I got to go LSU. I know they played a close one against Auburn last week, but maybe it was a little bit of a look ahead spot knowing that probably the third best team in the SEC is coming to town uh, next week. So I just got to hope Jaden Daniels is, does something that he hasn't been doing uh lately which is just be a good quarterback and I that's a tough that is a tough ask but hopefully that Tennessee defense is kind of porous just like we've seen in previous games so I'm gonna go with LSU yeah I I I think this is tricky but here's my thing I feel like LSU's four and one record is really built on some kind of bad their wins are built on kind of bad games um I think other than Mississippi state, which, you know, kind of a weird anomaly. I think Mississippi state also, you know, obviously performing great, but also built on kind of a weird resume as well. Uh, but it's Southern Mississippi state, um, New Mexico. And then that weird Auburn comeback, which as we all agree, I think Auburn's awful. Um, so I don't think they're, I think it's a bit, a bit of a watery four and one, uh, I'm kind of running like writing the, you know, the Hinden hooker, the uh, Tennessee situation we've got going on. I feel like there is a potential for look ahead with Alabama next week, but it's hard. I I think it's honestly hard to look ahead when you have a a game at death Valley staring you right in the face. These two teams aren't very familiar, familiar with each other. This is one of Tennessee's um, I believe it's been like nine years since Tennessee's last been at death Valley. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like Tennessee is going to be up for this. I think they get the three point cover. I think they're just flat out a bit of a bit the better team. Um, and that's what it comes down to. But it's going to be this is a tricky game. I kind of hate it. Like I'm I'm with Ty. Throw this one out. Do not bet this. So let's move on to our next game. Our final non uh, non Big 12 game. Utah Utes favored by three and a half at UCLA and the Rose Bowl. So I'll start us off here. I, I faded UCLA last week and some other stuff I've, I've been doing, and I was wrong. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, which, by the way, he has been playing the entire time this podcast has existed. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, Jameson. We previewed this guy. I remember. Like, we previewed him in, like, episode three. Like, this man has been playing for over, like, 218 episodes of the Schooner Pod. It's insane. Uh but he is really rounding into form. He looks excellent. Um, but for me, I think this Utah team is really, really good. And I feel like Vegas has really kind of been undervaluing them ever since that Florida loss. Uh, I've certainly been kind of riding them a bit. I, I believe I had them as my wild card against Arizona state. They covered that in spades. They uh, beat a very, very maybe. Okay. Maybe, maybe too many varies there. A pretty good uh, Oregon state team. They clobbered them. Uh, uh, 41 to 13 easy cover i feel like three and a half here is a little bit light and i'm gonna jump all over it i think they're really good between the line of scrimmage i think they get a solid solid win at ucla in front of a non-existent brunch crowd so uh blake who do you got yeah, I think I'm just, this is a funky, weird week because I look at these lines and I'm like, 
ooh, really close, but I think one team, like, just screams that you should back them, and I'm gonna do just the same like I did with LSU that I'm gonna do with UCLA, and I honestly really like Utah. I had them as my favorite to win the Pac-12. I had bet them to make the playoff, plus win the Pac-12. Like, I'm still very much all over them, but there's something about last week where it's just they came out, and even though the final score score doesn't really indicate it, UCLA was in control that entire time and DTR looked excellent and like not like excellent like passing but they have just a very feared rush attack with DTR and then uh, Zach Charbonnet and the one I just keep on thinking back to that Florida game and how much AR-15 really ripped apart uh was able to rip apart this Utah defense and I know it's probably the start of the year and like you have uh like in the swamp a little bit shaky because of that but Honestly, you I think UCLA, still people aren't paying attention to them that much. I think they're a really solid team. I think they're going to have a chance to maybe make the Pac-12 championship. Who knows? But I really like what I'm seeing so far, and, but I could easily just bite the dust on this one and back you. Like, I just feel like Chip Kelly wins the games he's supposed to and loses the games whenever he's tested, especially with this UCLA squad, similarly to how we saw last year. So... Backing the Bruins with some hesitancy, but I do like what they have in the rushing attack back there. Fair enough. Ty, who you got? Yeah, so this one, uh, I actually have a couple notes before I dive into my take. Uh, Oregon State is good, Bobby? Pretty good. Curious. Their uh, their win-loss record seems to indicate otherwise. Uh, point of confusion, uh, UCLA is playing at USC's stadium. How does that work? What year? I've, I've heard that it's USC. What year are you referring to, sir? I've heard that it's USC's uh, stadium, and it's like the mecca of college football. Certainly, it's a shared stadium situation. Is not the the mecca, uh, especially your, if it's your honor conjecture. Your honor conjecture. I don't know. Oh man, right. are, are you debating? Are you debating the Oregon State? Or are you debating the Rose Bowl? Ty so Lou Holtz right the now. Lat- the latter, your honor. Okay. Yeah. What have they done? They. They beat Boise State. Ooh, they barely beat Fresno State. They let Montana State score four touchdowns on them, and then they lost, and then they lost. They've looked spicy. It's just, okay, quality losses in the Pac-12 is your Oregon State argument. All right. Anyways, they've kept back games on close. <laughs> they've kept uh, games back close. On, back on track. I like uh, I liked Blake's analysis here because uh, when I think about this Utah team, I think about. Anthony Richardson, who is not good. He is not good. He is. God, Ty's really so going for everybody. Anthony Ty's Richardson really going for is, everybody. With is this so bad at playing quarterback that you would wish that you had Dylan Gabriel uh, if you had him as your quarterback. And he did Boss. like a 360, 360 jump pass thing against this Utah defense. DTR is a markedly better quarterback in every regard than uh, Anthony Richardson is and Anthony Richardson looked competent against this Utah team. So I really worry about Utah minus three and a half when we have a UCLA team where things are maybe finally starting to click. I, I'm sure there is some severe, severe, this is our year hope within the UCLA fan base, but I like DTR in this one. So I'm going to go with the Bruins plus 3.5. Oh, okay. man, I did not think he was going to say that. I, I'm just going to tell you guys, 
This pick is really, really been picking at me throughout the whole week. I'm looking at that. And I'm like, okay, I understand people might be underselling UCLA. They've got better skill players, you know, DTR, Charbonnet, and Bobo. I think are all three better players at the positions that Utah has. Um, but Utah's defense, I feel like that's just how they set themselves up for success. And if UCLA was playing away here, away from the Rose Bowl, I might even feel more confident just for the sake of myself because I just see UCLA going to the Rose Bowl and just putting up a mother, another stinker again. It, I'm really torn. I'm doing one of those tie things where I'm going to talk good and bad about both sides and then just go and end up saying something here. I'm going to go Utah just because the brand of UCLA and the Rose Bowl just spooks me too much. If they prove me wrong, so be it. Fair enough. All right, we're split on that matter. Um, interesting. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be really in, really interesting to see who comes out on this one. But let's move on. We have, I guess, the rival, uh, I guess this is a rivalry. I don't know. I feel like I've seen it on Twitter a bit. The Red Dirt rivalry between the Texas... No, you've seen it on Twitter from Texas Tech fans. They've been trying to create rivalries out of dust, just like the billboard they posted in Austin. They are so desperate to find one rival that sees them as an equal, and they can't. They're like, everybody's like tertiary rival in the Big 12, it seems like. Who else does that sound like? That one, OSU. Are you pointing at Blake or Oklahoma State? I was supposed to point at the OSU. (laughs) I thought it was a TCU thing, and I was like, damn, they got Baylor. No, 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 no. That's at least at some point in history, they were the second rival. At least they were the second. OSU wants, I mean, look, because currently they have no rival, no rivals else in the Big 12 other than OU. Uh, Other than that, it's actually technically Tulsa uh, has a rivalry in the sense that they have a logo for it. They're calling it the Turnpike uh, Series. So, yeah, OSU, I believe, also is desperate for a rival. And uh, them and Cactus Gang, you know, they just they just they get along perfect. So, um, besides the point, um, Pokes favored by nine here. Jameson, uh, do you think Oklahoma State, off their big win against Baylor last week, continues to roll? I do, and I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Um, hold up, let, let me pull up the uh, over under on this one because I'm really con- concerned about this being just ridiculous. Sixty eight and a half. Whew. Can they get 69? I mean, I think they could. Honestly, I think this game could be crazy. (laughs) Really. Um, I'm going to go with the Pokes here. I think Texas Tech's defense can't handle them, and it's going to be a lot of points. Give me OSU 45-35. Okay, good stuff. Uh, Ty, who do you like? Yeah, I mentioned it last week, I believe, but Tech has reached their peak. I'm sure they will have a little spurts of of brightness i have no idea what i don't know it's total brain fort there texas tech reached their peak in their win against texas in the 2022 season i think they're gonna have little bits of of good moments here and there but i think it is all downhill from that moment the cowboys uh, i doubted them against baylor who i guess baylor maybe not actually that good even though they have some quality losses keyword remember that it's going to be on the test but I like OSU minus nine in this one just because I think what I've seen from the Cowboys is is more consistent. Now that we're getting into week six stuff, I think you really can rely on that. I know what I'm going to get from this team, barring any injuries or or weird extenuating circumstances. So give me the Cowboys minus nine against Texas Tech in the 
red dirt rivalry. It's just, it's such a blatant copyright infringement. Like they're trying to make it like, it's like literally they took the third best school. Tech isn't even the third best in Texas, but they took the third best school in both states and then tried to replicate a uh, an Oklahoma-Texas rivalry, and it's just not working. Hey, hey, on Twitter, I said they should play at the uh, the Lawton County um, or whatever county Lawton is, is, is in their uh, fairgrounds. They seem to be down for it, so you never know. Blake, who do you like in this? You all, you already know I'm hating on the Cactus Gang. I really don't think Texas Tech is really that good. They got that kind of fluky win versus Texas without Quinn Ewers. I thought, like, that could have gone either way. Texas really kind of controlled that game. Then went to uh, Manhattan, got just, I think, just beat by Kansas State. Kansas State just, re- like, they beat them by nine, but just Kansas State ran it down their throat. And, like, both of these teams don't have a defense, but I trust Spencer Sanders a little bit more to step up. Uh, Donovan Smith, like, God only knows what you're going to get from him. Like, kind of interesting to watch. At least he's boomer bust, man. Like, he's he's trying to make plays, but, like, Jesus. Like, it could I go. I love the boom. It, it <laughs> could go it could go off the rails quick. And, like, Cactus Gang going into the season was so hyped. They were talking like they were competing for a national championship, basically, this year. And then I shared in our group today. They come on hedging now. They're like, We've had, like, we've lost our coach last year. We lost all these players. We have our backup quarterback. But, like, this team is still fighting. And, like, that's showing that hedge mentality. They're not really all in there. Like, Tech is just, they aren't, like, they get so fired up for mediocrity. And, like, that's great. Like, I wish I had that kind of delusion because, like, my last few years would have been a lot more happier getting excited for five and seven and six and six seasons. And, like, that's good for Tech. But, like, TCU's doing a similar thing right now same situation not making excuses and going out to win games and i just like they could easily be on a four game losing streak right now i think osu has something to prove this year the the big 12 is officially wide open and i see osu really trying to go for it now that they have one of their main obstacles in baylor out of the way yeah i i'm with you i think this i think this oklahoma state team in stillwater there's no way to me that they don't just blow the doors off this. Uh, Spencer Sanders and that OSU team completely controlled that Baylor game, I feel like, from front to back. Uh, even though it was close at times, I I feel like they're just at home against the Texas Tech team that I think kind of has done their best work against bad teams. Houston, garbage, Texas, we'll see. Um, Texas just kind of blew that one. I don't even think Texas is that bad. I don't, they, they just kind of collapsed. Um, but they're not in Lubbock. They're not in the land of tortillas anymore. And the past two times they've gone on the road, they're zero and two. So for me, Stillwater is going to be an environment they have not faced yet. Uh, OSU goes in, gets the easy nine point cover. I, I like the pokes here quite a bit. So. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Look, check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN 
only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Let's move on to Farmageddon. We have Kansas State traveling to Ames to take on the Cyclones. Wildcats favored by two. And uh, I'll kick us off here. I really like K-State here. Um, I feel like we keep getting these weird, weird Iowa State lines. Last week, it was uh, them in Kansas. Okay, maybe them in Kansas, maybe not so weird. But they failed to cover. Uh, Against Baylor a week before, failed to cover. And once again, I think Vegas is overvaluing the Cyclones here. We've been fading them since the beginning. I'm going to fade them again. Give me Kansas State on the road in Ames to get the win in Farmageddon. Uh, I I just think they're a solid team. Going to get a solid win here. Two points, way too low. Give me K-State. I keep on getting burned by Iowa State, but I'm going back for another time because I really do think this team is better than the numbers say. Like, their defense is really, really, really good there. Like, last week, like, I know they lost against Kansas, but their field goal kicker was absolutely atrocious. And, like, Iowa State could have easily won that game had one or two of those field goals just gone their way. But their defense was excellent versus a Kansas offense that's been ripping everybody apart. They've really stopped the run. They stopped the pass. Like, they only allowed 213 yards from this dynamic team. That gives me a lot of hope that it's going to keep them in close games. And the thing is about Kansas State, I think they're really good because I think Taylor Martinez is a decent quarterback, like, especially for the Big 12. And then Deuce Vaughn, obviously, is probably the best or second best running back right now in the Big 12. But... It's just like they're so one-dimensional. It's like if you can kind of take away the run and put them in like third and ten, they can't do anything. Like they only can run the ball, and I'm like waiting for a team just to step up and just make Adrian Martinez beat you through the air. And so I think Iowa State, they, I thought, got robbed with Baylor with having some bad calls in the beginning to take out key players, which Baylor just went after safeties. I think they had a rough break versus Kansas last week. Easily could have won because of field goal kicking. Something's got to give with this Iowa State team. Something has to go right because I think they're still pretty damn good. So give me the Cyclones. Sounds like a lot of excuses to me, Blake. But, uh, it's just they're sorry. so close it's like this team is just so close to completion and i'm just like why why can't you do it like <laughs> you're actually not that bad this year but you're like you have this horrible record now you're three and two like and even against iowa it was like they were driving all over the field versus iowa but hunter deckers was throwing pick six not pick sixes but in her ints in the end zone and i'm like what are y'all doing like y'all are a decent team just put it together like just put it together this kansas state team is not that impressive just put it together stop the run make adrian martinez beat you over the top okay there's your game plan matt campbell that's gonna get you your next contract extension take it easier said than done blake ty who do you got here i'm sorry i'm not not laughing at no I was going to say I'm not laughing at Blake. I kind of am. Uh, I'm not laughing at what he was saying. One of our friends just sent the the Rob Lowe in the NFL hat. Uh, <laughs> and that Blake in his Big 12 hat <laughs> looks like that. Oh my. Um, yeah, hey, Matt Campbell, uh, as we all know, you can see it here on your screen, uh, is a certified <laughs> Um I like K-State to win this one, and I feel like, they they have an offense that, that does not rely on kicking. They have a quarterback that uh, we as OU fans know uh, can perform 
at least sometimes, and they have a running back that everyone knows, everyone that, that's played him, Deuce Vaughn, uh, can perform. So I think if K-State wins this one, just looking at the way that, that scores work out, it's going to be by more than two. So I like K-State minus two uh, really, really solidly here. I, I There's probably a better word for that. I'm, I'm rather tired right now. I guess I can't speak, but I think K-State minus two, I don't want to call it a lock, but uh, it's it's certainly something like that. Jameson? Let me tell you something. I didn't think I'd do this, but I'm joining you, Blake, and I'm picking Iowa State, and I really don't know there why. There we go. There we go. I don't think that they're as good as you think they are, but I think Kansas State isn't as good as some people think they are. What they did last week, they kind of had to scrounge up 17 points in the fourth quarter to get that win. It just worried me a little bit. I think Iowa State being at home can finally put the pieces together and get them out at the bottom of the Big 12, get a win that gives them a little bit of legitimacy here. And I know, I know they wish they had ass alley back at kicker, but I don't think they'll have to worry about their kicker. Um, Give me uh, Iowa State to win by four points. That's oddly specific, but okay. All right, let's move on to college game day's pick. I can't believe I'm saying it. TCU at Kansas. And Blake, I had to give you the scrappy frog uh, if I'm going to give the crossy Jayhawk for you. Um, so, Jameson, you, you turned your back on the Jayhawk last week. You got burned. All of you got burned. Are you going to make the same mistake or are you going to uh, back the frogs? I think Ty said it last week. You always want to be the person to get out whenever the stock's at its highest. You know, sell you know sell high and buy low. I was buying a little bit low on Kansas, and it felt made me feel pretty good. Um, and I had been burned by Kansas many times in the past, and I sold a little bit too soon. And obviously, they go out went kind of a stinker versus the Iowa State. Uh, I think I have to pick TCU. I just think what I saw is just they're just an all around team. I understand Kansas has shown a lot, but with Kansas only putting up 14 points in that game, that just worries me. It really does. If Kansas would have put up a 40-plus point game again, I'd be like, yeah, I can pick Kansas. I can see it going that way. But it just scares me that their offense didn't end up putting up big numbers again, and that's what I feel like they hang their hat on. So I'm going to go TCU by a touchdown. Ty, who do you got? Here's the thing with this game, and I hate to say it. I I agree with everything that – that Jamison said, uh, Kansas is is a house of cards, and uh, it is it is now raining, and the wind is picking up, and that house of cards is outside, uh, and it's going to topple. That's what I'm saying. Um, but here's here's the thing about this game. I think Kansas. So many people are getting caught up in this this storylines, which is all that college football is, right? It's it's entertainment. It's not about putting the ball in the end zone. Uh, it's about the the money and the entertainment. I will have my little cynical take. There. <laughs> but uh, I think that really, if you look at it, everyone's caught up in, in all this Kansas stuff. If you looked at what TCU has done so far, and you look at this TCU minus seven line, and then I think take really a, half of the other teams in the Big 12 and replace them for Kansas. If this was Iowa State with Kansas's record so far, I think this line is even bigger TCU. If this is... Kansas State with Kansas's record so far and TCU with TCU's record so far. I think this is a minus uh, 14 and a half for TCU, stuff like that. So I really wow. think that this one is almost getting driven down by this whole, oh, Kansas storyline. Because when I look at Kansas's resume, 
objectively, like, you know, take the, the, oh my goodness, this is amazing for them element out of it. I don't really see a whole lot. that's that's that impressive, right? They haven't played nobody. So I like the frogs minus seven here. This might be a, you know, reactionary take as a, as an OU fan as cause we just got completely dismantled by TCU last week. So obviously I believe in what TCU can do. And at this point, as an OU fan, uh, we benefit the most from TCU being as successful as possible for the rest of the season, right? A best case scenario for OU at this point is one that OU wins out, but also that K-State and TCU win out. How that would work out in the conference, I don't know. Uh, but if TCU and K-State both do as good as possible, that that benefits us, you know, quality losses. So give me TCU minus seven here, which I truly believe in, but I, I really think there is some meat to that remove the name, remove the storyline from it. Who do you really like in this one? Technically wouldn't help, but I get, I get what you're saying. Uh, Blake, who are you rolling with? This is, a, that's a dumb question. Yeah. Tell, tell us why you're picking the frogs. Yeah. So it does like, it does worry me a little bit just because like the moment I start getting high on the frogs is like the moment when the heartbreak comes, but I just look at this and I'm like, just looking at it objectively, trying to take out all my biases and everything. Kansas's offense has been incredible. Like there's besides last week, no denying it. Uh, they do a lot of good mesh routes. They get their running backs involved. They run a lot of weird, tricky stuff that like keeps teams on their toes and they put up points. But the good thing that when I look at TCU is two similar teams to kind of like, I guess, of the same family when it comes from the offensive tree with West Virginia and Houston running similar kind of air raid style concepts. And they put up big yardage numbers against Kansas. Like Kansas cannot stop that offense. And if we learned anything from last week, TCU can put up like mega points really quick especially if you can't guard them like tcu uh, just watching like if you go back and watch just like the 10 minute highlights of that game is basically scoring or like set up on the goal line because of some huge gash and so i think that's going to catch up to kansas this week i think tcu's defense is still very 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 flawed but i think is like not as good as Iowa State, but is better than the other opponents they faced. If they keep it in front of them, you saw what happened with Iowa State last week, getting them to third and longs. They can't do that. They need a lot of underneath stuff. They need the ball, possession. They're not going to beat you downfield. So keep the ball in front of you. I think the good thing is, like, honestly, game day at Kansas makes me feel a little bit confident, more confident in TCU, just because I think Kansas is really trying to soak in the moment. We treat this like a business trip, get in, get out, hopefully just destroy them. But I'm taking the frogs. I feel confident about this weekend, but I'm just like, you know, whenever you see that athletic, the that first athletic prediction for the college football playoff, and TCU has a 13% chance to make it, that starts to scare you a little bit because you're like, oh, it's feeling like 2014 again. But we all know what happened there. There was a lot of heartbreak that season. A lot of good, but a lot of heartbreak. I don't want that just yet. So give me the frogs. Fair enough. And look, I, I got to say it. I can't get off the Kansas train after that Iowa State win. I thought I was pushing it a little far last week. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous. I felt like I pushed it too far, and they won. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to push them again. I'm going to hit them again because that is what good gamblers do. They never leave the table. (laughs) Even if they're on an impossible winning streak, you just keep hitting it. So I'm going to go with Kansas here. I, and full disclosure, I was really, really impressed with what uh, TCU did last week. I thought they looked excellent. 
But at the same time, who have they played? Let's take a look. Colorado, garbage. Tarleton State, garbage. TC, <laughs> uh, sorry, SMU, garbage. Oklahoma, total garbage. So they ain't played nobody. Wait, just wait for that kid. Those Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, they're going to uh, probably probably lose. But at the same time, I'm picking them. I have the feeling. I feel it deep in my plums. Kansas is going to get this cover. They're going to get this win. So give me the Jayhawks at home. I'm going to keep riding them until the wheels fall off. I really or- wish. I really wish we could go back time and uh, just show you that clip, Bobby, before the season of rattling off TCU's schedule and saying Oklahoma absolutely garbage and Kansas being strong. And like trying to grapple with that would be hilarious. It would put my mind in a pretzel. But um... and speaking of weird predictions, I got to get in front of this because uh, th- th- there's some like I've seen some support behind this. There was obviously the Stuart Mandel article earlier in the season where he like predicted Kansas to do pretty well in the conference and everybody roasted him and stuff like that. And people are now starting to call him a genius. No, he had TCU dead last in that conference. Like people highlight the Kansas part, but they, he only had him at three conference wins. He had Texas as a ninth and TCU as 10th. So don't give him any credit just because he had Kansas slightly higher than everybody else because he swung and missed so bad on the frogs. Fair enough. And I, I feel like there was a lot of talk about TCU going like six and six, which is clearly not going to happen. That's a good. I was, four, I was one of those. I, I was one of the six and sixers. So Ty said something about five and seven last week. Was that right? Fair enough. Well, I mean TCU. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's possible. It's still possible. Well, <laughs> technically, it's still possible. Technically, still on the table. If, if Kansas wins this game, y'all are going to come back next week and be like, mm, well, I mean. I remember Blake telling me the night before the OUTCU game in 2014 about how much he was like, oh, I can't believe we're putting Boykin in there. He's so terrible. And then, uh, you know, dream season. We'll not talk about the rest of it. I thought we, I thought we weren't going to talk about him. Yeah, where, where is he now? Where is he now? <laughs> no, no, we can't do this, Ty. <laughs> we won't do it. We won't do it. But let's it move also- on to... I Go do ahead. have, in our, the second thing I have to get ahead of, I did tweet out at some point this season, I would bet my life that TCU would end with a, <laughs> higher in the Big 12 than Kansas. So this is kind of like a life bet game. Like, yeah, we're betting like one, we're betting just like a little point on a whole season long tournament of picks. <laughs> but I basically got my life on this game because I did definitely put out in the ether that my life was on the line if Kansas finished with a better record than TCU. You, so the college oh, football yeah. samurai bushido so blake is gonna have to seppuku himself <laughs> this one was a, a little curls her finger this one is a little closer than i thought whenever i tweeted this granted it's for good like i expected if it was going to be closer it was going to be both teams were bad but it's nice that both teams are good but still like even if they finish one we finish two like that's still my life is on the line so yeah that's that's what's gonna happen tc's gonna win this game and then lose to kansas in the big 12 championship Yep, I mean, I, that would be the ultimate monkey spot result. Like, I, I need an edit of the, the long-legged Jayhawk doing the gladiator thumbs down. To <laughs> just a close-up of the little face. Oh, and I bad. don't even tweet that much, so it's so easy to find on my account. And I know some people have will bring it up to the top every once in a while again. So, oh, And I don't God. delete tweets. I keep my takes out there. But this one I'm a little bit scared about just because of the stakes. There you go. There you go. Let's move on to the game that is paying the Big 12's paycheck. 
Whether or not it's good or not, it don't matter. It's Texas and Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry, shootout, showdown, whatever you want to call it. It's OU Texas. It's Red River, and it's going down. Um, Texas, favored by seven. Favored for the first time since Colt McCoy, Jordan Shipley, and Sam Bradford's really janky shoulder. So uh, this is different. This is weird. And usually every single time this game comes up, no matter how I'm feeling about the Sooners, I ride with the homer take. I go with OU. It's not happening this time. This isn't a bit. Put them up, Bobby. Put them up. Put put, them up I, won't, the I won't put them up. I won't put them up, but Texas is going to win this game. They're going to cover the seven-point spread. Uh, OU is the worst running, rushing defense in the Big 12. Texas has B. John Robinson, one of the best best running backs in the country. Um, all the momentum is on Texas's side. They're pissed off after four years of getting their ass kicked or having their soul snatched, whatever you want to call it. And frankly, they're just going to, I think they're going to come out and really make a statement. Um, I hate it. I hate it with every part of my being, but Texas minus seven, I feel like is, is a really good play. I know you throw the record books out for this game, but I just don't see OU being nearly dynamic enough with the question marks. Dylan Gabriel, probably not going to play. Um, yeah, obviously I don't know, but I would, I, if I had to bet right now, I'd bet that it's going to be Bevel or Booty or Evers. But after what I saw last week, I have zero confidence in Oklahoma to go in and, and win this game, let alone cover. So give me Texas by uh, by seven. It hurts, but it's, 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 it, this is a business. I have to win. And I know I just picked Kansas because I kept hitting on them and I kept winning on them. <laughs> but at least Kansas keeps winning. Oklahoma has given me nothing but disappointment the past two weeks. So, yeah, give me the Sooners. Or, sorry, give me the Longhorns. Reflex, I apologize. Ooh, Blake, who ooh. do you got? Oh, this one's dirty because it's like on one end, it's like I don't think Texas is really that good without Quinn Ewers. And then on the other end is what I saw last week is Dylan Gabriel is – Fairly essential, very, very essential to OU to, like, even just be a functioning wagon. And so, ah, and uh, Jameson's going last, so I don't really know the injury port that well. And so, I know he tweeted out earlier this week that he was on step one of, like, the 12-step process to sobriety when it comes to uh, concussions. <laughs> He's going to go to a meeting to end it all out to get his coin to return to the game. Don't... Ty, don't I'm make Dylan, a Sark joke. I'm Dylan don't make Gabriel a Sark and joke. I'm, I'm oh. Dylan Gabriel and I'm concussed. <laughs> oh, this is so dirty. Oh, even then, I'm just going to go Texas, I think. I think Quinn Ewers plays, and I think Dylan Gabriel doesn't. We'll hear from the medical professional uh, soon. But if Dylan, like, I think Hudson Card is at least serviceable. I don't think any of whatever's in OU's quarterback room is anything close to serviceable. It was bad last week. Like, TCU was kind of stomping on him before Gabriel went out, and then it just went from, like, OU, like, OU could fight back to OU has no chance. And it's, yeah, I, I think I just got to go Texas. It's a little safer here. It scares me. That's a lot of points in a rivalry. I feel like even in the years Texas was bad and they were OU was getting favored by 10 points, still just blindly bet Texas and usually would cash just because these games always end up being close. But, geez, like OU without Dylan Gabriel is really, really, really bad. And if that defense doesn't do anything better than what we've seen the last two weeks, I think OU's in for a long day. It's it's a Red River Narby. But, Ty, who do you like? Here's the thing. I, this one is rough 
right? I fear losing this season of the pickup more than anything else. This challenge will quite literally kill me. Uh, I think the only way that I'm saved from this challenge is if Kansas beats TCU uh, and then Blake is forced to seppuku himself, he will, he will lose by default because he won't be able to enter any picks for the rest of the year. Uh, so those will count as losses. But there comes a time when you you have to do what must be done. You know, speaking of speaking of the samurai Bushido code, uh, the Japanese, they knew this. They knew sometimes when you're losing, you got to do the bonsai charge. Well, you didn't have to. They didn't have to do any of that. I, I don't know what why they were doing that. But sometimes you you have to go down with the ship. That's an apt analogy because think of the the Titanic when uh, the, the crew was presumably drinking and then crashed into an iceberg, which reminds me of Texas's coach, Steve Sarkeesian. Um, but yeah, sometimes you got to go down with the ship. I, I cannot in good conscience. I know it is the smart thing to do. I know that Texas will most likely destroy us here, but I must go down with the ship. I must take OU plus seven in this one. And as uh, as the late great, also a guy that loved him some drinks, Winston Churchill said, we shall not flag or fall. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight in the air. We shall never surrender until something, something, as long as that may shall be, something about the new world. And then I think he went and got some more drinks. Once again, reminds me of Texas's coach. So give me OU oh my God. plus seven here. Boy. Anyways. Oh, um, man. Jameson. That was that was wonderful. Thank you. Uh, all right, here here's my injury thing for you, Blake, and for people that didn't listen to our Texas preview, we kind of did a half and half pod where we talked the first half about the game and what we think about OU and their matchup versus Texas, and then the second half kind of broke down the fair, what to expect from there, what are the cool spots to go to, and kind of the cool food and drink. So uh, after that plug, let me talk about the injuries. I think Dylan Gabriel there's still a chance for him to play. I understand a lot of people have, you know, recency bias from what happened with the Tua situation. People are thinking that, you know, oh, this is a huge concussion. He was down on the ground for a long time, but, you know, he's probably should be out for a while, not come back too fast, or else he's going to pull a Tua. Tua fell down and had so much trauma to his brain, it caused him to have a fencing response, which was not the case with Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel got up and was pleading to the coaches during the game to put him back in. And obviously he still had a concussion. They're not going to let him back in, but that makes you feel a whole lot better about his mental status. And then going into this weekend, obviously um, he probably was feeling better than he was after the game, hopefully. And then that made him where he could be on the sidelines of that Monday practice. Um, If you're on the sidelines, I can kind of insinuate and guess that, uh, he's symptom free and five days of symptom free can lead you back into the game. And on Tuesday they moved to their indoor facilities. They do not practice outside because they think, I think they're hiding something. I think they know that there's a chance that Dylan Gabriel's going to continue to progress. I'm starting to get this inkling feeling that he's going to play on Saturday. I really do. I'm not confirming it. I'm not saying that it's likely to happen, but I just, that's me reading the tea leaves with what we're seeing right now. So I'm going to pick Oklahoma, because I think the spread is showing you that it's probably not going to be Dylan Gabriel starting. I'm going to take that risk saying that he could play, and I think it stays um, a close enough game. Where even if Texas would beat us with Dylan Gabriel, I still think it stays close. So give me Oklahoma. 
what worries me about Jameson's comments is that he they were moving indoors to try to hide anything. If you're Texas, just prepare, prepare for Dylan Gabriel. Davis Bevel's not going to beat you. General Booty is not going to beat you either. Like, you should just prepare for Dylan Gabriel because we saw what those other guys gave last week, and they gave absolutely nothing. So you would be very happy if you uh, march onto that field on uh, Saturday and one of those two guys is going on the field for OU. Like, I think this is a pretty easy game prep for Texas if Dylan Gabriel doesn't start. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think that the key is is he's going to continue throughout this week without symptoms. You never know. Everyone reacts to a concussion differently. Um, but it's foolish to think that Texas isn't going to do all of their homework. They're not just going to say, hey, I think Dylan Gabriel's not going to be out. I'm not going to prepare for him. They're going to comp- prepare for everyone. That's just the simple fact of the matter. Um, I don't think they're putting all their chips in one basket here. This is a rivalry game. You're going to do everything that you need to here. I think the whole preparing for Nick Evers might be a little too much. I understand that there's still some smoke out there about him possibly playing. Um, I think that's just Brent Venables trying to say, hey, I don't want you to just scheme for General Booty and Davis Bevel that are similar quarterbacks. So um, I, I just I, I just got to pick with Oklahoma here because you, who knows, Dylan Gabriel could play. And if you think, D- Bobby, if Dylan Gabriel played this game and there wasn't um, any worry about him playing on Saturday, what do you think the line would be like? minus two texas minus three probably minus three texas and in Mm -hmm. that case you know that's worth the game i'm still taking texas honestly but i I think that's fair i think i think that's fair if you think about that way i just i don't i don't feel super comfortable in gabriel and you know not only that but i feel like he performed really poorly and with no practice essentially no Mm -hmm. full full go practice it makes me uncomfortable i'm not a fan and one um, last thing about Quinn Ewers, Blake, because I know you were curious about that. Uh, he has an SC sprain. It's like a sternoclavicular joint sprain that's kind of closer to your the middle of your chest rather than kind of a true shoulder sprain. And those typically take six weeks, and I believe he's at the four-week mark. So even if he was progressing ahead of schedule, I just don't feel as confident in him really out there. It's not like, oh, Quinn Ewers is back. I'm nervous now. I just don't think he'd be fully 100% if he plays this game on Saturday. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, uh, the chat actually has a uh, a question, and I'm going to revert this one to Bowden Blake because this seems like a game that he would have a play on. Uh, Don PLAS, do y'all like Buffalo minus two versus Bowling Green? Like, I do like Buffalo this year. Honestly, he has played surprisingly very well. Uh, I was familiar with their game whenever they covered the spread against the Coastal Carolina team, which I think is pretty decent. And honestly, Buffalo, I think, was predicted to be almost dead last in the MAC this year. And they've already rattled off uh, ga- wins against Eastern Michigan and Miami. I like Buffalo minus two here. I don't think Bowling Green. We kind of like... A Bowling Green team is the same like every single year. They'll occasionally have a good year, but usually pretty bad. I like what I'm seeing out of Buffalo. If you like what Kansas is doing, that's Lance Leipold's old spot. Even if you just want to take it as a nice little tribute pick, but two wins in the Maction for Buffalo starting the season. I really like it, so I would take the minus two. Fair enough. There's the play. The uh, Bulls minus two. So, love to see it. So, yeah, we we should... If people like have questions on stuff like that, that would actually be a kind of fun segment in the future. So uh, love answering those. So, but it's time for us to do our own thing. It's time for one of our favorite picks of the week. Why are the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes! Wild card, bitches! Yeah! 
It's time for the wild card. And Jameson, you get the first crack at this one. Who do you like? That's really nice. I appreciate that we're picking nine games this week because I get my first stab at the wild card. It makes me feel a lot better being number one. It's a rarity. You won't get that often whenever we pick 10 games. There's a couple ones that I like here. Um, just spoiler alert, I'm probably going to keep the pot greed in my back pocket as well. I thought about Texas State. Not going to lie. They're playing Yosef this week. I wanted to keep tabs on that. Plus 19 versus Yosef at home. I would have sprinkled a little bit, but what I saw last week at Texas State, I'm going to just push away. Stay away from them. Blake has cursed them. I'm going to let that curse get off the record book for a little while, and then I'll talk about them a little bit later in the season. I'm going to go to the SEC, and I think Ole Miss minus 17 versus Vanderbilt's my play. I faded, almost faded Vanderbilt earlier versus Alabama, and it was a I should have honestly pot agreed to that whenever I did the Boco Houston Christian game. Um, because I just Vanderbilt's got a lot of hype for what they showed versus um Hawaii in week zero and thinks that they have a potent offense. It's it's just same old Vanderbilt. It's what it is. And Ole Miss is a top ten team, just came off a big win versus Kentucky, and Jackson Dart didn't even play well. He had zero touchdowns and interception. Like Ole Miss could go crazy on this team. I'm gonna go Ole Miss minus seventeen versus Vandy. There we go. Ty, who do you got? So I did some, I did a deep dive really into, into picking my wild card this week. Uh, I haven't mentioned it in a couple weeks, but I did mention early on if anyone's been listening throughout the season, but I, I developed a, a methodology for, for picking my games this season. And that carried my, my picking methodology carries over into choosing which wild card game to pick as well. And that methodology uh, for reasons that I'll explain at the end of the season, maybe is called the Enron method. <laughs> and uh, a fun fact about Enron is one of their most infamous uh, quarters. They rose their profits by 40% four zero in one quarter, which is just absolutely absurd. And, and how they did that, you know, is, is too long to explain on this podcast, but 40%. What is the significance of that number? We're now in week six. So I've picked five wild card games. Well, I guess six uh, with the week zero. So did we pick wild cards week zero? I think no. I picked five for the. Okay. Yeah. So, so I picked five wild card games and I, I dove into those and I realized that two of the five, 40% of those games uh, were against Stanford. So I went on a little streak where I picked USC for a while. And then last week... We did I have a wild card on week zero, by the way. We did? Okay, so, yeah. well, oh, really? forget Oops, that. Geez. I'll say I picked... It's My entire thing is contingent on this 40%. Now all my math is gone. You're going to find out it was a fraud just like Enron, <laughs> uh, which is just commitment to the bit. But uh, picking against Stanford. Who is Stanford playing this week? Funny enough, they're playing Oregon State, who, as Bobby mentioned earlier, has a lot of quality losses you can see it scrolling across the bottom we've mentioned quality losses but Oregon State has kept it close against a lot of the teams that Stanford has lost to and lost too big so far so looking at the lines courtesy of our wonderful sponsors at DraftKings uh, if you're in an area where you can use it you use promo code TPPN uh, you get some benefits for using a promo code when you sign up but I like uh, Oregon State, the Beavers, minus seven against Stanford. Stanford has not showed a has not shown a shred of life against any of their conference opponents so far. They've all been ranked, but uh, they've lost big in all of them. So I would I think we're going to continue that trend. I'm going to continue to pick against Stanford. I didn't know I was doing it before, 
but now I'm consciously doing it. I'm just fading Stanford a lot this season. So give me the Oregon State Beavers minus seven against Stanford. I think just singular Cardinal. Uh, I don't think it's Cardinals. I think it's singular Cardinals. You're right. So. I think right. it's just a color. I don't think it's a single bird. Mm-hmm. It's Anyways. just Cardinal. It's just it a, is yes. just a color. It's just but a mascot's a tree. A green they're, they're, tree. Did you see the video? The little uh, they had a little tree up there, and it just kind of fell over, and a poor security guard like yes, and then he just up. gave up. <laughs> I will say Stanford. The one thing they had going for them, besides Richard Sherman, who's the best quarter in the game, source he said so, uh, is that on mascot uh, matchup or whatever on NCAA, the ball was oh, yeah. just inside the tree. You couldn't <laughs> tell which one had it, so that was kind of an advantage. <laughs> if you were playing multiplayer on the same screen. I couldn't really tell who had the ball. And then when he threw it, it would just sort of project from the center of the tree. It's pretty amazing. They need to bring back mascot challenge for the new game. If they don't have it, then I'm not buying it. Okay. I'll still buy it, but I'll, I'll be mad. Do you even have a new console, Bobby? I'm going to get one. Specifically Bobby, will, Bobby will. Get one for the NCAA no, that's my plan. I'm 100%, 100% getting one for NCAA. Bobby's going to use our profits. <laughs> <laughs> that and pizza and plain Wi-Fi. <laughs> I paid us back for the pizza and the plain Wi-Fi. Okay. $300 in airplane Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Just accidentally charging $8 a bunch of times on Southwest because I have had too many in-flight cocktails. I'm kidding. Anyways, uh, Blake, who do you Sark. got? Yeah, so peop- some viewers might think I teased it by wearing my nice new U- University of Las Vegas of course sweatshirt. Nevada Las Vegas sweatshirt. But I'm not going to choose that because, honestly, it's going to be a game to watch. I love both of these teams. Big Cordero fan who I chose last week with San Jose State. I think they're probably one of the best teams in the Mountain West or maybe the best team probably in the Mountain West West. And then UNLV, who's kind of being an upstart. Uh, four and a half was their win total. Probably going to hit the over once again. UNLV, kind of a train right now. Struggled out of the gates versus New Mexico last week. But no worries. Boat and Blake was there live betting, and we cash that. We cash that. We take that money line whenever we see my, our, my UNLV boys down. But I'm just going to be watching that game. My eyes actually go to a P5 matchup, which is pretty rare in these spots. But I'm going to go Illinois minus two versus Iowa. I think this Iowa team, it's fun to pick on, but they cannot move the ball offensively. It's, it's happened every single week, and I think the only team they've been able to move the ball against this year is Nevada, who we've been massively fading on this podcast, started from the beginning of this season. And even looking at, at last week, we get one of their better offensive performance, only 281 yards of offense. That's egregious versus an Illinois team, which is honestly has had probably just as good of a defense as Iowa this year and has honestly been moving the ball well. I like what I see from Tommy DeVito. You get that experienced uh, quarterback from Syracuse and Chase Brown, who's honestly going to be close to a 2,000-yard rusher this year. Brett Bielema is really gunning for a bowl this year, and I'm happy to see it because I remember kind of in the mid-2000s when Illinois had a run, I believe at the Rose Bowl, uh, there for a bit, but what a fun team. I love the Illini. I just want to pick on this Iowa team. They suck. They suck so bad. So give me Brett Bielema and the Illini. 
Yeah, that Illinois team made a uh, run to the 2007 Rose Bowl, played USC, and got murdered. But still, like they got there, which is a, a massive accomplishment. A massive accomplishment in Big Twelve. Sorry, Big Ten country. Jesus, I apologize. Um, <laughs> all right, time for mine, and it's tricky. Like we've all like all talked about, things have tightened up a lot across the board when it comes to the uh, gambling lines. But there was one game I do like. I'm going to go with Kentucky minus seven at home against South Carolina. I feel oh, like bad, game... bad. What's wrong with that? Stop with the Kentucky love. We know they're frauds. We saw and it last covered, week. They covered last week. Frauds. They're playing South Carolina. They're pay- playing the original fraud, Spencer Rattler. And I'm just going to say this. I, I feel Y'all would like... chop off your left leg for Spencer Rattler this year. I would say that. Yeah, would we? I don't know. No, boomer no. bust have guy. Have seen his stats? Have, I love that boomer bust potential, you know. Dylan Gabriel, I told y'all a few weeks ago, too safe with the ball. And look I what too safe no, got him to. He's not I don't too safe. He's, literally, he he just, is literally too inaccurate to even throw an interception. Dudes. He just cannot even get it towards any sort of living being. But anyway. Spencer Rattler's throwing mad picks, which means he's getting close to somebody. <sighs> He's he's I one think play Blake's, away from the big one. Blake's kind of making my my entire pick for me here. I think Rattler. Blake, you, I don't know what not a good quarterback, man. Yeah, you have so committed to this gaslighting bit of trying to convince us and everyone that listens that a quarterback that throws interceptions is good. I almost think you're a Baker Mayfield fan at this point. I really don't taking, know what's going on. <laughs> that means on they're taking this. risk. They're throwing the bombs downfield. They're trying to hit their guys in space. I like it. I like it. I like a little edge, a little risk to mine. I know my quarterback doesn't throw picks, but he only throws bombs. So not many people are blessed with that across America. My thing is South Carolina just hasn't shown any sort of like good play against anybody with a pulse they gave up i i i mean they they got overwhelmingly in my opinion beat by arkansas on the road georgia killed them and then the rest of the games they beat up on south carolina state charlotte and uh they had to have i believe two punt blocks to get a 35 to 14 win over georgia state so for me south carolina i i don't i do not see the value in them i don't see why people are hammering them Kentucky might not be the team we thought they were. They are not top 10 quality. I, I really do not think that. I probably overvalued them last week. I will give you that, Blake. I do not think they're the team that the national media was going absolutely nuts over. That being said, seven points at home against this South Carolina team, I feel like is a really good line. I'm taking it. Uh, mark it down. Uh, Kentucky minus seven. So, Yeah. All right, mm. so that's all we that's all we got. Everyone's we like, any... ooh. Why? Blake, that do you have a Nerf so football on your bed? Too many fat what it's not oh, about yeah. it's about winning. It's not about or is that a dog toy? <laughs> no, it's it's a Nerf football weather blitz. I love like the little <laughs> I love the little small ones. You can just zing these things yeah, like no other. Can't hurt anybody. Ooh, they're nice. Oh yeah. Blake, that that is a cool guest room, though. Wait, wake it up, okay. seeing all the all the Funkos and everything. Good setup. The, the lawyer with small hands needs a small quarterback. I mean, a small. Um, I do football. Got tiny hands. <laughs> I do have like well, the, I so do. It's, have... a, it's a big advantage if if your attorney has has small hands because then he will bring small gloves to the courtroom. 
That's a deep oh, cut legal reference. That is that is the most shallow of cuts. That, that is, is like literally the one cut no, that people no, know. Saying, quite possibly saying, the most publicized no, 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 lawsuit no, 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 of all no, no, time. No, 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 no. You guys don't. There's there were layers to that lasagna. Saying Court deep case. cut was in and of itself a deep cut. Think about all because uh stabby yeah. stabby because yeah allegedly ah. alleged stabby stabby i apologize but anyways guys i think that's a that that's our cue to leave um <laughs> so does anybody have a nobody no pot agreed for uh i guess uh jameson it's, uh, it's just me i'm holding on all right yeah hey, see uh, that was a that's a that's a foolish move because with inflation it's it's not gonna be worth much <laughs> oh my god that's how that works. Anyways, hey, I'm, up, I'm up like what two and a half games right now. I'm chilling like a villain. Fair enough. It, what, nobody can chill in this game. Like one bad week and you're right back in the. What shit I'm trying to say is there's no point for me down to some dogs and beer. I don't need to try to distance my lead. I'm just gonna hold it back whenever I need it. Is what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. So, all right, folks, that's all we've got for this week. Uh, Sure had a good time doing it, as always. Contentious. I'm looking forward to seeing how this slate shakes out. Hopefully, uh, I don't know, we can get some good movement going. The, the, the drama is building. We've reached the halfway point of the season. It's uh, hard to believe, but it's been incredible. So um, for me, Jameson, Ty, and Bowden Blake, this has been The Weekend Spread. Thank you all so much for watching, and thank you to DraftKings, our wonderful sponsor, for providing the lines. Beat Texas. Good luck out there, everybody. Have a good one.